Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. John chapter 2 and verse 1. Before I read, lift your hands please. Father, I pray that you will anoint us today to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church and let this be received with excitement and enthusiasm. But more than anything, help us to lean forward in our faith that we would move and advance in the things that you have called us to do. And I speak against depression and doubt and unbelief today and just just call for a congregation that is awake and alert and ready in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 2, verse 1. And the third day, There was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples. Very important. Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, now I would have never said that to my mom, I would have been picking myself up off the floor. But I guess they had an understanding. Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Strong stuff. How many of you know your hour might not be here, but your mama can make you do stuff? (laughs) And his mother said unto the servants, This is how confident she is that he's going to do what she said. His mother said to the servants, whatsoever he says to do, do it. For all of you that pray to Mary, you ought to act like Mary. Whatever Jesus says, do, do it. I just thought I'd drop that in there. For all the Catholics in the building, God bless you. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece, Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. I like the next sentence. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now, now. Don't let it rest. Draw out now. And bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was or where it came from, do not miss the parentheses. But the servants which drew the water knew. Servants know secrets. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and he said unto him, every man at the beginning does set forth good wine and when men have well drunk then that which is worse but you have kept the good wine until now you've heard it preached a hundred times he saves the best for last but verse 11 says this is the beginning of miracles this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory His disciples believed on him. I'm going to preach a message today entitled, He is about to start something. 
I need you to say that to four people around you. He's about to start something. Do you mind for the sake of reverence to just stand and remain standing and let's pray one more time before we preach this word. Lord, we humbly approach you once again and I ask you to save souls today, restore the backslider today, gather the broken pieces today. Yeah, let every piece fit. Let every piece fit, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, eradicate any idea, any sophistry or philosophy that would exalt itself against our knowledge of you. Cast down every imagination that is unholy and ungodly. Break every generational curse and dismiss any generational spirit. I bind every demon that is even close to this premises. Have your way in Jesus' name. One more time, give him praise before you sit down, y'all. Love the Lord Jesus with all of your heart. I know you've done, you've done it one time. Do it again. High five somebody and tell them it's on in the building. And I'm glad you're here. Verse 11 in the NIV, this is the first of his miraculous signs. This is the first of his miraculous signs. Jesus performed in Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. The Message Bible, I love to read it. Verse 11 says, this act in Cana of Galilee was the first sign Jesus gave. This act was the first sign that Jesus gave. It was the first glimpse of his glory. The first glimpse of his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Many people made New Year resolutions last week or yesterday. A resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. It is not only what you will start doing, but it also includes what you will stop doing. The Lord spoke clearly to me this morning, I will start some things when they stop some things. You've been praying for him to start it and he's been waiting on you to stop it. There are certain things that God wants to start in our life but he cannot build traction into what is filled with distraction. Let that rest in your mind. There are certain things that God wants to start in our life but he cannot build traction into what is filled with distraction. God will not give direction to that which refuses instruction. Preach here, Pastor. God will not give direction to that which refuses instruction. He's about to start something. 
And he wants to use you to do it. Nudge your neighbor and tell him, pastor's talking to you now. He wants to start something and he wants to use you to do it. Let's look at the text. John chapter 2, verse 11. And let's see what he did. The Bible says this beginning of miracles. Hmm. What did he do? He began what? Miracles. This beginning of miracles. The word beginning means this is the origin of miracles. This is the miracle that commences. This is the miracle that is the first in a series of miracles. <laughs> this is the beginning. There's something special about beginnings. In Genesis, I was thinking this morning about Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And the earth was without form and void. Lord, let the anointing come here now. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. There's something special about beginnings. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. The earth was without form and void and the spirit of God in the Hebrew hovered over the face of the deep. It's like a hen that is hovering over her eggs. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning something special about beginnings. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. By who? The word. And without him, the word, not anything made that, there was not anything made that was made. Anything that God gives a beginning to has to have, number one, the spirit of God hovering over it. Anything that God gives a beginning to has to have a word from God to initiate it. I'll say it again. Anything that God gives a beginning to has to have the Spirit of God hovering over it. Anything that God gives a beginning to has to have a word from God to initiate it. It's horrible when you start stuff and the Spirit of God is not involved. It's equally as detrimental to start things that you didn't get a word from God to start it. You know, even when it does not look like much, if God begins it with His Spirit, and by his word, it will have success, no matter what it looks like. And that's why Zechariah says in chapter 4, verse 10, 
Do not despise the day of small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. It doesn't matter how small your vision might be right now. It does not matter what people think about the stuff you're trying to get going. Even if they dis despise it, that does not mean God will dismiss it. If God's spirit is on it, and you have a word from God to do it, I'm here to tell you, get started. Because you, may, you say, I might not have enough money, Pastor Rick. I do not have the resources. I don't have the relationships. It doesn't matter. If God said to start it, you start it. Beginnings are special. I'm just going to go ahead and operate like I feel. Get off the notes. Woo, God has been dealing with many of you to begin. Just begin. And you've been waiting and deliberating and talking and counseling and receiving suggestions and listening to opinions. And I hear the Holy Ghost telling you, begin. If the Spirit is on it and you got a word from God, begin. John 2.11, this is the first of his miraculous signs. The first sign Jesus gave, the first glimpse of his glory. This is the first day of the year. I prayed this morning selfishly, Lord, do something stupid among us. I did, I really did. I prayed crazy stuff today. I said, Lord, I pray that you do something that people think is absolutely ridiculous. I said, Lord, don't wait till next week. Don't wait till Monday. Don't wait till February. We ain't looking for it in April. I'm asking you to do something crazy day one of 2023. Just do it. I said, would you do some kind of profound miracle? Would you heal somebody of cancer? Would you cast out a demon that haunts and taunts people at night? Would you remove anxiety and panic disorders from people's lives in one moment today? Would you do something that will shock people today? Would you do it among us? If there's anybody hungry for a move of God like that, can I hear from you just for a moment? Anybody want a move of God like that? Why is that important? Because first day of the year falls on Sunday where the people of God are gathered and something great could happen today just because of first. Just because it's attached to first. Well, Pastor Rick, how powerful is first? Well, first sets the pattern for the rest. And I heard Caleb say, let this service set the tone. And he's right about that. You know, kind of what we do today is going to be the bearish shift of what we feel the rest of the year. And that's the power of having a first. 
Lord, Lord, Lord. It establishes the destiny of everything that follows it. Oh, man, I got so much to tell you. I'm thinking about river right now. And river is just turning two. When you turn two, you're selfish. He got my phone the other day. And I said, give me my phone, River. You know what he said? Mine. I said, son, I will snatch you into the middle of next week. I said, give me my phone. Mine. And suddenly I heard the voice of God through River saying, Mine. I thought, Lord, what are you saying here? The Lord spoke to me clearly. Every first is mine. Oh, it's all through Scripture, the book of Exodus, that your firstborn is his. Consecrate the first year. To him. Bring the first fruits of all your increase. God told the people under the rulership of Joshua when they go in to conquer cities, the first city belongs to me. You can have everything else. And y'all know what happened. The people took the goods and God cursed them because they touched the first. Quiet now. All the amens went from amen to mm. Hmm. Jesus said, Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye God wants thee. Seek ye first. Before you seek anything else, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't seek the things. Seek the kingdom and the things will find you. Seek the kingdom first. First is being number one in a series. Foremost in importance. It is the one thing that affects everything after it. That's why it's important and that's why I'm frustrated that everybody ain't here today. Because you set this day right, you got 364 looking real good. Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of all your increase. God has a real problem with us when we forsake first. God has a real problem with people that do not make him priority. Not because he's on an ego trip, but because he created you. It's a matter of heart. It's a matter of humility. It's a matter of attitude. So you say, does he have a problem with us? When we forget first? Well, I'll read it to you. Revelation 2, verse 4. I have this against you, says the Lord. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how 
far you've fallen and repent and do the things you did at first. You remember when you first got saved? You didn't have no problem with tithe. When you first got saved, 10% wasn't the issue. You wanted to give everything. Well, it's getting quiet. When we first got saved, we said, Lord, you can have my money, you can have my car, you can have my dog, have my horse, have my house. Oh, God, I love you so much. Thank you for saving me. Then you got seasoned. Then you got wise. And then you think, well, it don't take all that. And now you're not giving God first, you're giving him leftovers. So you use everything you got, and then if you've got anything left over, well, I'll just give that in the offering. If I've got any time left over, I'll enjoy the week of consecration this week, maybe one or two days, because I've got some extra time. And God's not asking you for seconds. God's asking you for first. Scripture after scripture after scripture, God demands first. God is good. So in the text, the question is, what did he start? The first fruit of miracles. This is the first glimpse of his glory. Everything I do will move along this line. What line? His first miracle included several things. Number one, he took something being used for one thing and used it for another thing. Y'all just missed that right there. He took something in the first miracle, come on in your Holy Ghost, that was being used for one thing. And he used it for another thing. Some of you do not know that before you were saved, you was being used by the devil. You didn't belong to God. But when you confessed with your heart and you, with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus was Lord, suddenly you were being used for one thing and God changed you to being used for his thing. Number two. He transformed the content of six. There were six water pots. Six is the number of man. He transformed the content. He transformed the inside of six. This is just stuff I saw. Number three, he used servants for the work. That's what the Bible says. He, she told the servants, help us today, Holy Ghost. Jesus used servants for the work. Who are servants? People who can follow instructions. Number two, you have no selection of those servants. I'm going to get quiet and I'm going to preach. You do not get to choose who God uses. You do not get to vote 
on who God selects. It's not an election. It's a selection. And when God chooses you, you don't need nobody's endorsement. You don't need their approval. You don't need their affirmation. You don't need their pat on the back. You don't need none of that because God chose you. And so when people tell you that you are not qualified for God to use you to do that, you look back at them and tell them, I didn't ask for it. God chose and if you got a problem with it, deal with him, not me. Deal with the chooser, not the choosee. All right, let me finish. The servant, he chose the servants, the attendants, ones who execute the plans of the master. That's what it literally means, servant. The ones who execute the plans of the master. They do what they are told to do. When you get to verse 9, the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and he didn't know where it came from. Look at the parentheses again. But the servants which drew the water knew. Servants, people who serve, never miss out on anything that God is starting. The person sitting next to you may know something you don't know. The polarization is the fact you ain't doing nothing and they are. You're sitting, they serving. They're participating, you're spectating. God gives secrets to servants. No one else knew what happened, but the servants knew what happened. That is real good. And, and I'm with Caleb. If I was in a Pentecostal church, the people would be shouting right now. That's what he started. That's what he started. But where did he start it? The Bible says in Cana of Galilee. Now, where God does things is very important. Because prophetically, there's definition of clarity to places in Scripture. So when he goes to Cana of Galilee, you must study where this is and what it means. Cana means readiness, the reed, denoting frailty, a place of weakness. The reeds are what grew next to the, or on the bank of the river that were actually papyrus comes from the reeds. They were so thin you could see through them. And that's why the Bible says a bruised reed he will not break. And a smoking flax he will not quench. Because God uses reedy people. God uses people that look frail, but they're transparent. Many people in this building, even now, you believe that God's not going to use you because of your places of weakness. Because of your place of frailty. But God sent me by here to tell you. That what other people called weak, he called strong. Paul the apostle said, when I am weak, he is strong. I came by to tell you, listen, it's, it's very powerful for you to recognize your weaknesses. Because when you acknowledge your weaknesses, God provides you with strength. You are lie when you say you don't have weaknesses. 
God cannot use people who do not acknowledge their own frailties. I think I'm in a church of people that feel like they don't have any weakness. You're sadly mistaken. The Bible says, be careful when you think you stand. Lest you fall. In Cana of Galilee, the Greek word for Galilee is Gilgal. The Hebrew word for the Greek word Galilee is Gilgal. To revolve is a revolution or to regenerate a thing. Regeneration is starting over. Wow. It's the occasion to roll away or to remove the reproach from the past. In Gilgal, the reproach of Egypt was rolled away. That's why Jesus went to Cana of Gilgal, Cana of Galilee, the weakness of your past. If it means to regenerate, the word regenerate means to start over, to become formed again, to change radically for the better. To restore you to your original form and give you spiritual renewal. For many of you, today is the start. But for others, it's your start over. Preach, Pastor Rick. For many of you, today represents your start. But for others, it represents your starting again. You're starting over. That's why Titus said in chapter 3 and verse 5, it's not by works of righteousness which you've done, but it's according to his mercy he saved you. By the washing of regeneration, by the washing of starting you over and over and over and over and over. It don't matter how many jump starts you need, God has enough power to get you through. I've preached from this passage of scripture for 40 something years and I've preached it every way but loose but today at about 4.25 as I was on my knees at my desk at my house praying over this text the Lord showed me something I've never seen ever the Bible says this is the first of his miracles the first of his miracles. And we always preach that the first miracle, the purpose of the first miracle was to turn water into wine. Hmm. Are you with me? We missed it. The purpose of the miracle is listed in verse 11, that the beginning of the miracles that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, watch, was to manifest forth his glory. It wasn't about turning water into wine. The first miracle was for the purpose of manifesting his glory. Now let's talk about it. To manifest his glory means the manifestation of glory is the visible power of God in the operation of an individual's life. The manifestation of his glory is the power of God in operation 
in an individual's life. So in John chapter 9, come here, Holy Ghost. A man is born blind. And the people ask, who sinned? Him or his parents? Isn't that something that when something goes wrong in our life, everybody wants to know, well, who sinned? What did you do wrong for that to happen? Something, you did something or that wouldn't happen. You wouldn't be dealing with that sickness if you wouldn't have sinned somewhere. Tells me two things. You're stupid, number one. You're religious, number two. Because bad things happen to good people. That's just how life is. Preach in the building, pastor. And Jesus said, neither him or his parents. Watch what Jesus said. This happened. That the Father should receive glory. That's where we have a problem. We have a problem when we discover that God trusts us with trouble. Because we want to believe that God's not going to let us go through any problems, deal with any trouble, that our kids are going to be little angels with wings right through to adulthood. Your kid ain't going to mess up or never blow it. And you ain't never going to say a cuss word. And you're never going to do nothing wrong. And everything's going to be beautiful. You have lost your mind. That's not the way life happens. God allows some things to happen so he can deliver you from it so he can get the glory and you can't say you did it yourself. Oh, I'm preaching better than you talking back to me. He allows some things to happen so that you can't say I did everything so right. He allows some things to happen so he can deliver you and then you have to give him glory and stop giving glory to yourself. So if you're going through anything right now, I came by to tell you that God works all things together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Why? So that he can get the glory out of your story. Here's the problem with the church. We don't give our whole testimony. We don't tell everything we've been through. We tell cute little stuff we've been through. Because if you told your whole testimony, you would have to put a paper bag over your head because you would be so embarrassed of all the stuff you've done in life. But God said, I don't care what you've done. I love you enough to pull you through it. I love you enough to pull you out of it. And all I'm asking you for is one thing. Give me glory right in the middle of your story. So the pattern of miracles is now set. Are you seeing it, Susie? The pattern of miracles is now set. What is the pattern of miracles? It's located in the first miracle to manifest his glory. Every miracle that happens is to bring God glory. Hold on. I'm going to shut this down. Let me, do, let me do something. There's an attack right now. This is off the subject. Holy Ghost just showed me this here. There's an attack right now. That is being leveled as a strategy going on in darkness concerning the working of this ministry. 
Tell you what the Holy Ghost just showed me right here, standing right here. There's meetings that's even happened about leadership. I see the Holy Ghost telling me now about leadership, the way things are being done. Conversations at tables in restaurants. I'm here to tell you, God's going to judge you. God's going to judge you, not, not me. God is going to judge you. We are where we are because God, through his sovereign work, has brought us all together for such a time as this. And you need to give with the program and say, I thank God for my church. I thank God for the leadership. That's a side note. So everything that even that, even that, only happens so that God can get the glory. And I'm telling you now, God is going to bring you through what you're going through. God is going to heal you from what you're dealing with. Woo! And he wants you to give him the glory for everything that he's done. In the Old Testament, the glory of God was in fire. It was in smoke. It was in a cloud. But in the New Testament, the glory of God was in people's lives. It's called Shekinah. It's the Hebrew name for God's presence. It's the Hebrew definition for God is with us. Neither height nor depth nor things present nor things to come nor principality. Nothing can separate you. I need you to look at 2022 right now one more time and I want you to give God praise for everything he brought you over, everything he brought you through, everything he brought you out of, everything he delivered you from. Thank him that your children are still alive. Thank him that your marriage is still together. Thank him you still got breath in your lungs. So the purpose whew, of the first miracle sets a pattern for all other miracles. That when a miracle happens, it's for the purpose of manifesting his glory. And that blew me away when I saw that this morning. But then the Lord said, I'm not done. And the Lord said, keep reading, Ricky. So I read it again. The beginning of miracles was for the purpose of manifestation of glory. And look at the second part. And his disciples believed on him. The purpose. This is going to resonate with some of y'all. The purpose of the first miracle. Number one was to manifest his glory. Number two was to make his disciples believe. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The purpose of miracles is not to make unbelievers believe? No. No, that's not what he says. The purpose of this miracle was to make his disciples believe. Wait a minute. The word disciple means student, learner. How can you be a disciple? 
Are y'all hearing me? And not believe. I was talking to Dustin about this this morning on the way to church in my car by myself. I called Dustin and said, I'm, I'm preaching to him. I'm going, John, I'm preaching, man. I'm, I'm about to speed. Probably was speed. I'm doing about 85. And I said, man, I better get off this gas pedal. He said, Dad, you, you sound excited. I said, I don't think I've ever been excited like I am now because I think God showed me some stuff I've never seen. Number one, number one, the purpose of the first miracle was to manifest his glory, which means all miracles are for the purpose of manifesting his glory. Number two, the second reason for miracles, Dustin, is to make his disciples believe. He didn't say nothing. I said, did you get it? His disciples, learners. He said, yeah, I'm listening to you, Dad, but I'm hearing something. I said, what are you hearing? He said, we live in a scholarship generation. He said, people are proud like scholars about what they know about God. I told him, and then I, re I went right back at him. I said, you were right, D. People have learned God, and they've stopped looking for God. To make his disciples believe. You know when I heard the Holy Ghost tell me to tell you today? God's about to do something to make you believe again. Some of you stop believing in the power of God. It's been so long since you've seen a miracle. It's been so long since you've seen the manifestation of God's glory. You have a hard time believing it anymore. The third cousin on your mama's side that's a drug addict and been through five rehabilitation stuff, when they get delivered this year, then you know what's going to happen? You're going to believe again. See, that, that tells me, that little bitty pitter pattern tells me you don't really believe. You don't really believe God can do it. But you're a good disciple. You're sitting here learning this morning, but you ain't looking. You listening, but you ain't looking. There's a generation coming that is not scholarly. They're hungry. It took him turning something to make his disciples believe. He turned water into wine. He turned one thing into another thing. He turned what you need to survive, water, into what people desire for joy, wine. This is the year that God's going to move you from enduring life to enjoying life. Here's what I heard the Holy Ghost say. I will turn whatever needs to be turned to get you to believe again. I'm going to say that again. That should be the most powerful thing I say all day. I will turn whatever needs to be turned to get you to believe again. Because God cannot operate, Jesus could not function in places that lacked faith. You know that. It's, it's scriptural. 
He was always looking for people that believed. He looked for people who had faith. My God have mercy. So he loves you so much that he will turn whatever he needs to turn just to get you to believe again. And his disciples believed. These guys lived with him. They lived with him, but they did not believe. What happens when you know too much and you've seen too little? When you know too much and you've seen too little, doubt sets in. Because you think you know enough to predict what should happen. My God here today, what happens when you know too much and you've seen too little? Doubt sets in. So God told me he's going to do a first for you. To get you out of what you think you know into something you're about to learn. Because we have it on this wise. If I learn enough, I will see more. Jesus never operated like that. He did the miracle, then explained it. He's going to show you something so he can teach you something. I double dog dare you. To ask God with the tenacity of faith like you never, ever had. For him to do something in your life you've never seen before. I dare you. God is going to shock people this year. By what he does so he can teach them. The first miracle in the place of weakness and frailty <laughs> happened on this wise to manifest his glory and to make his Christian disciples believe. It's sad to think we can go to church every Sunday and not believe. Believe this year for the impossible. You know why you're having a hard time responding to that? Because you've seen so many people die from COVID. You prayed for them. You spoke the word over them. You believed God. And let me help you with that. You are not responsible for another person's life. You are not. You cannot control their entrance and you cannot control their exit. You are responsible for one life and that's yours. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? You have to have faith in God. And I hear all heaven screaming with a choir of angels, believe me again. Believe me again. Believe me again. This is the first day.
And I'm saying, God, thank you for letting us have church on the first day of the entire year. Let's stand on our feet. Lift your hands and say, God, set the precedence today. Establish the pattern today.